0: Hello, iGaming Intelligentsia. Before we start today's podcast, here is a message from our sponsors. The iGaming Next podcast is made possible with the support from our sponsors at Pragmatic Solutions, leaders in intelligent platform technology. I've been working with Ashley, Lewis, and the guys over at Pragmatic Solutions over the last year. And as the early supporter of this podcast, I cannot recommend them enough. The Pragmatic Solutions Player Account Management platform is an incredibly powerful technology stack for today's gaming business. Their modern modular platform provides all the core services to power your business and their SaaS licensing model allows you to reduce cost and accelerate your strategic goals. Enterprise technology with decades of operational know-how at scale built in. Upgrade your business to the Pragmatic Solutions PAM platform. Visit www.pragmatic.solutions to arrange a platform demo. This podcast is brought to you by Kalamba Games, where they build the world's most engaging slots. To find out more about their hit titles, promotional tools, and bullseye remote gaming server, visit kalambagames.com. I have the privilege of being friends with several of the guys over at Kalamba and they are fantastic. And I'm not saying that to be invited to one of their legendary office pool parties um, or maybe I am. In any case, check out kalambagames.com. This podcast is brought to you by Casino, the leading Bitcoin-led casino operator that has an expansive quality casino product featuring close to 3000 games including slots table games and live dealer casinos from some of the industry's leading suppliers head over to bitcasino.io to find your favorite games
1: future trends deep insights industry leaders this is the iGaming Next podcast with your host Carolina Perk
2: Hi everyone. Um, welcome to yet another episode of uh, a podcast I have the pleasure to run for iGaming Next. Um, my name is Carolina Peltz. Um, I am a gaming industry consultant and as of recently also a founder and CEO of a new tech business. Um, I'm here today uh, with two very special guests and uh, guests that I have a, a very sentimental uh, relationship with. Um, Before I hand it off uh, to them to to start chatting, I'd like to give you a quick introduction. Um, You know, they are very well-known figures in the industry, so not too many details needed. Uh, But just quickly, um, Gustav Hagman, welcome Gustav, group CEO and co-founder of Leo Vegas Mobile Gaming Group. Um, Gustav has over 20 years experience in entrepreneurship and the online gaming industry and has previously built organizations up to over 100 employees. Before he co-founded LeoVegas, Gustav was CEO of the listed company Net Gaming AB. He also founded and was the CEO of AeroBet Nordic AB. As a group CEO, Gustav works with the company Strategy and Planning. It is his duty to lead the company and to handle stock market related questions and to ensure that LeoVegas achieves goals that the board and the owners have set up. Welcome, Gustav. Uh, the second guest, Robin, <laughs> Robin Ram Eriksson, co-founder of the Leo Vegas Mobile Gaming Group, previously chairman of the board and CXO, um, entrepreneur, freediver, and passionate tech investor, one of the two co-founders of Leo Vegas Mobile Gaming Group, representing a strong strategic vision, operational drive, and innovation lead. As a chairman of the board and CXO, together with his co-founder, Gustav, taking the company on a journey from initial idea to IPO and Sweden's eighth unicorn company. Prior to Leo Vegas, Robin held multi, multiple CEO and head of product development positions at gaming and tech companies. Um, given my history with Leo, uh, I'm delighted to have you as a guest today. It's been a while since we've seen each other as well in this setting. So hi and, and welcome. Thank you for finding the time today.
1: Hey Carolina. Hi Carolina. Good to see you um, as always. Yeah. Awesome to see you as always, yes.
2: Um yeah, yeah so i think um you know th- this is going to be really fun because we know each other well um and it's much more uh, easy for me cuz i'm less nervous talking to you guys but i think uh for our uh listeners if we could maybe uh you know start o- on a very brief background uh, of how you guys uh met how did you come about on on you know taking the idea of co-founding leo vegas um, and um, how did you decide uh, how you're going to do it or what are going to be our first <laughs> steps.
3: <laughs> no, that sounds great. I mean, we know each other from senior high school and we've always
1: been discussing on the next big thing. And uh, we, were, we were running a company back in uh, 99, uh, 99 90, uh, 2003 something. So, so we know each running, other quite, uh, quite
3: well. Yeah, um, exactly. And uh, I think that's also an important, important uh, part of why we could move so fast because, uh, I mean, we know each other, and uh, we when we started talking about Leo Vegas, it was one of those days and moments in in uh, great spirit, atmosphere, everything is possible, and I was actually at uh, Gustav's house.
1: Are you talking about that that evening, the barbecue evening? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah well, I hosted a barbecue, and Robin and his family was over, and uh, I had one of those folded um, iPhone 3S, I think it was,
3: I mean, now we're and talking uh, about 2011. I mean, I know Summer it sounds like like yeah. uh, decades ago,
1: but actually, at that time, the, like in May, yeah, in
3: May, 11, May. the The, the iPhone back. works actually rounded on the back. It yeah. wasn't the flat one, rounded on little back. A little
1: bit folded, and I start to play with it on a table like
3: that. And, I mean, it was um, so cuddly and cute yeah. that little thing. And <laughs> My, me myself had a BlackBerry. I mean, it was great for communication. Encrypted, you can chat on everything. Uh, you but you love your BlackBerry. Uh, I mean, it was really efficient, <laughs> but it wasn't fun. But your, your iPhone was. It yeah. really was.
1: The touch and everything. Yeah, it's, I loved it. it I just such...
3: instantly loved it.
1: So, But but anyway, when we were playing around, I, I think we almost at the same time started to think about this looks a little bit like a roulette where you could play with it and you could maybe make a roulette wheel on, on the phone like that. And we, and, we actually um, started spinning it on the table, like
3: literally spinning it. And uh, from there, and that decision that from the iPhone we were to, to launch the most amazing and innovative gaming experience. Actually it's founded on the principle that Leo Vegas was literally born out of a spinning iPhone.
2: Right, so that's one story no one ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: <The
2: iPhone. laughs> I love that story. It, it brings me great memories from the very beginning of Leo where um, you know everything was about innovation and I think with being such a large and well-established organization that you guys are now, it's hard to imagine um, the startup days. And I would like to um, take a journey to the past uh, so you could talk to me a little bit about those first days, establishing the company, you know, um, looking for funding, looking for partners, building the team. Uh, Tell us the the, the really nitty gritty details of starting this business.
1: Well, basically from from that evening when we, um Decided to, to go with mobile first, and we also decided on the on a name. Leo Vegas, our name. Leo is lion in Latin, and Vegas the city of your dreams. And we wanted to have a name where, like, a first name and a last name gives you a greater sort of feeling around it. Uh, we also sort of quit our daytime work uh, quite quickly and uh, started the funding of Leo Vegas. And I remember it was done before midsummer, yeah. more or less, a yeah. couple of weeks. No, because uh, we started actually with nothing apart from
3: a clear vision. I mean, we want to be number one in mobile gaming, creating the greatest gaming experience. I mean, that, that's very clear from from uh, from the start. I mean, and why was that so obvious? Because when you see the mobile, I mean, that's that wasn't no longer a communication device. It was the primary entertainment device. I mean, up until then, for 60 years, TV has been r- ruling the world. But now you had this amazing little cuddly tool that that was just showing the way and uh, we have this principle that mobile makes everything more fun i mean look, look at look at uh, candy crush for example that that was taking off in, in the same era it wasn't like mckinsey was sitting saying grown-ups need to do more puzzles so let's build a candy crush it was just that
1: it was built out of fun. Those it was built
3: out of fun, the playfulness, the intuitiveness. Yeah. I mean, that that was the original concept that we based Leo Vegas on because we had nothing really more than ourselves, a very clear vision. But when it comes to leadership, I think it's, for me, it is when you have a vision and people passionately follow that, then you're a leader. But I think we were as people and uh, Leo Vegas has really been as a company.
1: Definitely from, yeah. And, but important for us in the beginning was to find the right people to work with. And uh, so the first guys that we hired were more uh, back, back-end tech, tech guys and product guys like that. And uh, so during the autumn, we built Leo Vegas. Uh, uh, well, everything, the front and the back-end, etc. And then, then we went live uh, the 12th of January 2012.
3: And the 12th of January 2012, all of us in the company, was we were five people. We were five, all of us, ready to take on sort of a challenge that, uh, uh, <laughs> in hindsight, I mean, is immense, but uh, with a passion that I think it's uh, unmatched. Uh, and look, looking at that, I mean, what, how, how could we, um, how could we it? Well, we needed partners. I mean, we, we were we needed. Part of first of all, we needed games. There were no mobile games around, so we scouted the world looking for games. And and at that time, they were not really as as uh, vivid and immersive as they are today. But we, we, we found the very first games, and we also talked with the people that were developing the next generation of of, of games. Um, so already from the very first day, we were able to to launch content. I mean the very best content that we scout the world for and we had a pipeline of things coming out which which we know was gonna be next big. So we could launch with the principle. We're gonna always be first with the latest. Karina,
1: do you remember which uh, games that we had uh, in the beginning? A few I remember
2: time, I remember well not specific the games, but I remember that I um, had a very close relationship with NetEnt, because I think Leo Vogas was the first one to launch. Um, net and games on mobile um, exactly, as a yeah, matter of launched. fact so, so so this is what I wanted to ask you could you tell us a little bit about you know because it's one thing to have a vision you're going to be the best mobile casino you've got the product you've got the back end and front end optimized and you control all of that but then comes third parties and working with game providers and and you know all the other partners were they ready for the revolution that you wanted to start and and how did you go about Convincing them that you know you need to get ready, you need to step up the game and and be part of this mobile revolution.
1: I mean, first well, of all, not they... really. Actually, they uh, I remember NetEnt at that time just had uh, several games, a few games. Mm. Uh, Microgaming had um, also a couple of games, so I, I think we had just a couple of games, five or six games uh, to start off with. It's like uh, Jackhammer, Gonzo, Starburst.
3: Starburst wasn't really on there yet,
1: but uh, there. The, 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 it, it was a blackjack. Blackjack, and what? then, But then uh, after like three months or something, there were around 20 games uh, actually available. Uh, but another thing that you should remember is actually that a lot of our competitors, they also launched fairly quick, actually. So after a couple of six to eight weeks or something, um, the larger operators here in Nordics actually had their mobile offering, but they never built out of the mobile. And that's mm. the difference. We were a mobile first company with mobile DNA from day one uh, and not trying to squeeze the desktop offering into the mobile. And I think that's also key to it because you need to have the greatest gaming experience and the best customer experience. Yeah, you know that by heart. Otherwise, the customers won't stay.
3: But that stems from that the industry was not really ready. I mean, mobile gaming has been around for 20 years. I mean, we launched our first mobile games based on WAP by, back in 2001. Yeah, but, yeah, that's so, kind, yeah. I mean, mobile gaming has always been around, but what we changed was that we made it as the, we, we said that mobile will make everything more fun. This is the mm-hmm. primary direction. This is the DNA. This is where it all starts. And that was unique. And no, and I mean, that's what we came up with, uh, that insight saying that smartphones really changed the landscape. It's the biggest, uh, technology change since the launch of commercial internet and we wholeheartedly believed in that and we were willing to just execute all the way on that specific vision so when it came to to game providers or when it came to payment providers etc we could be their reference case the pioneer their innovation partner the one that really changed this market same goes for for advertised uh, sort of media companies etc. We were sort of spearheading the full mobile revolution for our industry and hence we had a chance to work with the most creative and most passionate minds that saw the same things as we did and we, we were all able to channel that through Leo Vegas. It's great times. Great times. And I think I mean, we should also send uh, gratitude to the partners that were with us then. Because looking at that, for example, uh, when we launched in, in January 2012, the biggest challenge was really uh, payments. At that time, all the other gaming operators, they had payments on the desktop side and they, they you could possibly access the game through your mobile device. But the yeah. payments, now that, was, that was tricky. And what was that? Actually, at that time, no, I really knew of no payments, one no. that actually had, in, in Sweden at least, that had made a credit card deposit outside of app store and we betted that sort of that would be the primary deposit sort of channel for us we betted that people would actually for the first time pick up their credit cards and then th- their, uh, their sort of mm. details on leo vegas mm. uh, and in in order to to do that we were uh, we, we had to work with the very best there, there was at that time and we, we were the uh, reference case and uh, development partner for agen um and mm-hmm. really sitting with them at that time they were a pretty pretty small company startup size uh, as we were but they shared our passion for innovation and they shared our dedication for details that it just needed to be so smooth so intuitive so fast uh, so we could develop these amazing services together because if you're going to make payments easy for the customers that's a difficult job for us. So you have to have that sort of full-on commitment to it. And that's that's uh, and during our first year in Sweden, we were the company with the largest M-Commerce volumes outside of App Store, an unknown brand, launched sort of with just five Th- people in January that, y- that year. Uh, so in that, what I want to come to is that I want to send gratitude to all the partners and, and uh, people that were with us, building that from that uh, specific moment.
2: I, I remember that uh, mobile first uh, approach because when I first joined, um, I think in the first couple of meetings, you know, someone was showcasing registration flow and initially they showed the desktop um, look and I remember Robin just going, take it off. Take it off. I, I, I want to see. It. I want to see the mobile view. And I remember yeah. from then on, this was one of the first things that I actually adapted. And when providers came over and showcased their games, and whenever they came with desktops, I'm not interested. I only <laughs> want to see the mobile view. So, so this was really cool. And there's another, I don't want to plug too many memories, but this is something relevant to my next question is you know, when I first joined, uh, Leo Vegas wasn't public. So, there was not that much information about performance out there, um, new company, startup, experimental, everything. So, mm-hmm. you know, you don't know what to expect. And I remember cu- the first uh, Monday meeting uh, where you guys shared the KPIs. I came in all nervous, you know, coming in a senior role. And then everybody was just shooting this amazing stats of deposits up, new players up, retained players up. And these were like double digits up. And I was just sitting there going, wow, this was a good choice. So, you know, it was fun to, to be in such a fast growing company. But this is what I wanted to ask. You said you had six to eight weeks leadway uh, on other companies launching the mobile proposition. How were you able to really capitalize on your on your position and grow so fast and aggressively in those first years?
3: It comes down to sort of really be having a clear vision. Number one in mobile gaming. I mean, that was always <coughs> probably the greatest gaming experience because that mm. was to happen on mobile devices. So when, whenever we need had to make a decision, left or right, we come to a crossroad, left or right, we could always ask ourselves, what's most mobile? What gives the greatest gaming experience? So we could make decisions so, so, so quickly. And everyone knew where we are going. And paying attention to details, because that that was just razor sharp focus on whom we are. Because we were the the mobile gaming experience. And we were the ones leading the way. I mean, that was our DNA. So it wasn't an adaptive strategy. That was whom we were and whom we still are. And I think that tells us quite well how we could grow in the technologies, because you had this Great um, uh, trust in technology. From that day, we always wanted to, to have a technology advantage and being the technology leaders in the industry. I mean, that, that's one of the things that uh, uh, I really took, took with me from, from Stanford, uh, that sort of having technology lead, leading the way and uh, having business developed out of sort of uh, what technology enables always being the super, super forefront. So in our core team of five, we have some amazing developers and to grow that team we simply asked who inspires you who's who what what person and it's like well, uh, well maybe that guy at ea games is yes yes but he has the best job in the industry okay yes let us yeah. talk to him That's great. and then we yeah. went out and talked to him and of course he was amazing and then we ran into in to a guy that that uh, was was great in in building platforms, architecture. He came on, on board and was like, but who would you like to realize it? Well, then Bingus gets on to Växjö, because there, down there is that guy. And then we both go down and meet that guy. And that he turns out to be amazing, of course. And around him, we 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 open a Vecco office, which uh, mm-hmm. continues to drive everything forward. So I think that momentum in finding people who trust and asking whom who they are inspired by, I mean same thing with, with you, Carolina. We didn't have a casino team. We didn't have a casino team for the first two years. I was I was I almost pretty much the casino team. But then I met you and that made us decided to launch a casino team. And a little later we we had live casino and then we the
1: best one in the industry, Carolina.
3: Exactly. And then then sort of um we we uh, wanted to launch we launched live casino, but we didn't launch a live casino team until we found someone truly passionate and talented for running that business so i think that's that's the the our way to always find the people that inspires the people and come together and do amazing things
1: so yeah i think that's uh, I, I mean that's one uh, one answer to it but another answer because even if you have great people and you have a great product you also need to tell the world right so uh, what we have managed to do earlier that was actually creating uh, sort of very innovative banners and uh, we did a lot of media we were very successful in our media sort of planning and how to sort of convert players and early really early days extremely data driven i remember back in those days when we were sort of taking down all the impressions that hit our banners down to conversion rate one two th- third conversion sign up etc and all the time, every time measuring everything, um, being extremely data-driven. Um, and so we launched Leo Vegas, basically, one of the largest mobile campaigns uh, that ShipStats uh, done done ever uh, back then. Uh, and I think that there was a lot of guts in doing that. Mm-hmm. really wanted to sort of trust in the product and in the people, but then also show the world that here we are. I would so say launching. We're talking that's... about hours
3: after our first launch, two hours after after actually making livex available to to the the uh, public the great the the largest mobile advertising campaign to date in sweden was
1: launched yeah it was launched yes. uh,
3: for, for livex but but we could do that in close co- collaboration with the media companies because this was new to them as well they've seen the traffic move from desktop to mobile but all the advertisers were still sort of on, on right. desktop so therefore there was this imbalance of traffic that we were one of the few that could actually uh, in a data driven way uh, monetize. I mean, you could say that that format at that time uh, with that interaction is so much more efficient than that other format and hence sort of help exactly. us with their future yes. pricing, etc. Yes, exactly. and, and, and in all honesty, when, when we went out that hard, believing in the mobile gaming experience, others had to follow. Mm. Others had to follow. So it turned People out to be handle. a pretty good play for also the media companies.
2: So, talking about media, um, I would like to touch on a little bit on the marketing because um, you know, Leo Vegas is very well known for that mobile revolution and product and everything. But you also excelled on um, marketing campaigns, not just optimized for mobile media channels, but the actual concepts and and you know the the PR that followed from this. So um, mm. I remember the specific one that I wanted to talk to you about about the first iPhone. Uh, but I, you know, I don't want to tell mm. the story. I want to hear it from you.
1: But that was uh that that was one of the things that we always try to do first with everything that when it comes to mobile and uh, this was back in two thousand and fourteen when uh, iPhone six was launched, and of course we wanted to sort of grab the first ones and I think it was in London, right Yeah. That and, was the thing uh, is- we had some guys queuing up there and standing in front of the line for nine or ten days and then then when they opened up everything, of course, our guy was the first one entering. And uh, he managed to buy two iPhone, which we then, of course, gave away for. For um, uh, we had like a competition at the site, so you can have the first iPhone delivered to you uh, directly from 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 um, launch. Be the yeah. first one in UK with the iPhone six. <clears throat> it might sound a little bit silly today, but back then that was sort of a really, really, really big thing.
3: I think actually one one could be even less humble about that one. What it came da- down to was that when Apple were to do an Apple release, I mean they wouldn't call to a meeting uh, in uh, Cupertino unless they were to l- launch a new phone, something amazing. So the day before the Apple event, we actually placed a guy outside of of uh, uh, Apple Store Regent Street in London, because we know that that's where where that was where they first launched their products, and from him. A, a queue, launched, I mean, it was building a queue. We're talking about several hundred meters all around. Like mm. you only see on the great concerts, etc. So buying mm. tickets for that—that that was. That also gives a flair for the passion that and um, uh, uh, and that was in the air around sort of new Apple products, mobile phones at, at that time. It's really cool. So, and then. as we had him standing in the front of the line for ten days, we could run the campaign saying, so "Who would like Europe's first iPhone 6? Who would like your, uh, your first iPhone six and seeing him picking him up, having all the employees at the Apple store just just uh, cheering him and putting forward and applauding and saying, "Wow!" The media was there. You have cameras. I mean, it's it's really really happening. Just because simple idea that we knew that if there is an event that that Apple is throwing, they're going to launch something new, and we want to be the ones leading that rollout. And same thing, if there was an Apple event, there still is. I mean, you're expected to be up and see that. Because in the morning we come into the office, people will talk about all the new features that were and just that were, were about to be released. So that that wasn't a very natural part of uh, of uh, what we were discussing at work. I know others speak about Premier League, but we were really supposed to talk about, <laughs> about, about, about mobile products. Mobile products, yeah.
2: I remember another unique thing that I, I um, saw in your marketing strategy back then, which is something I still believe to date, um, and it was not very popular back then, was this really great focus on on the actual games, because you've got the product, um, but the content wasn't just content. You you really showcase the games um, to the next level, and I think it was uh, uh, sometimes controversial, because people would say, why would you put Starburst on TV if it's the most commonly played game uh, already but i think that was the unique opportunity where it really became known that the games can drive acquisition more than any other type of messaging and and you've done a lot of these right so was that was that um um special strategy on on focusing on games and did that work for you when it comes to acquisition numbers
1: i think what was well, definitely i would say to show the games but also show the mobile extremely important for us mm-hmm. in all commercials so that Being a mobile first company with the mobile DNA Mm. once again, uh, we we wanted to show the mobile and tell people that this is where you should play. You should try try out Leo Vegas on the mobile, not on the desktop. Mm. That's a big change. And that's also why we wanted to show the games so that people understood that, okay, the greatest games are on the mobile and uh, try it out. I mean, Leo Vegas is all about leading the way into the mobile
3: future and uh, through that, we worked in a very close network uh, with game developers, payment providers, etc. So we were able to showcase uh, things early on and being part of development. I think one good example of, th- of that is uh, when the Guns N' Roses game was launched uh, uh, mm. from, from Netten. I mean, Guns and Roses, I mean... it. it it makes good TV, uh, for sure. And we were working with uh, an ambassador at that time, uh, a great uh, Olympic wrestler, uh, fascinating and warm <laughs> character. I mean, he's like like a lion you just want to hug. I mean, amazing person. And he was to take take on board uh, John olson who's... Uh, uh, well, he likes his cars for sure, and it was <laughs> so I think uh, yeah, exactly the the, yeah. the 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 combination of those two, uh, see, seeing our ambassador Frank coming out with his bandana, really being the the uh, uh, rocker in in in, in the Guns N' Roses, the game go on, meeting up uh, Joan, he's driving up this, this super fancy sport sports car, that then actually appears in the next uh, release from Netten, which is the game Drive, where we actually have that specific sports car with our Leo Vegas logo on to inside the game, <laughs> if you were playing it on Vegas. And I think that was new also for Netten to work so close. And we, they, when we came up with the ideas, uh, that was fun for the whole sort of uh network and because suddenly people have had a chance to build things they have had done before and tried out some some worked some didn't but but it was a playfulness uh to it that i think is is really shining shining through through the ads as well i mean that this this is a brand you want to be with hang out with it's it's happening and it's 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 um uh, uh, it's a great joy uh, shining through from within
2: uh, I remember that drive release because I was already there back then, and I think we were quite a challenging partner when it comes to setting expectation. Because not only we wanted the game early, we wanted it perfectly uh, optimized for mobile. But on top of that, we we're like, what else can you innovate on? We wanted branded.
3: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We want that car in there.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah so, but it, I, th- it I think
3: is. that that, that uh, shines through very much in, in the ha- how we developed the uh, and also the opportunities given. Uh, as we were, um, as we weren't the game developers ourselves, but we could work in this network with the most talented people. It wasn't only NetEnt, we were, we're s- several other uh, great studios. And people uh, that uh, you had the chance with, if you were working at Leo Vegas, I mean, you know that uh, you could work with the very best, both inside the company, but also throughout the industry, uh, yeah. throughout the industry, which enable, uh, which is what one of my great joys, seeing people really grow and flourish in this Leo Vegas context. Uh, and I think also culture, we were able to set the standard at, at Leo Vegas, between such partners, we do not compete. We do not compete. Uh, instead, we share. We're curious. We learn. We grow. And it was was an environment where people really were flourishing and doing amazing things for the very first time. Uh, and showing innovation uh, innovation in that that setting uh, had a huge gravity in itself of attracting the the uh, both inside and outside the companies the very best ideas because they know that we never compromise on quality. Yeah. we never compromise yeah. on quality exactly. and we always uh, it's an uh,
1: important factor actually
3: we never compromise on quality and we always set the mobile experience first
2: I think it's super interesting to hear this uh, the story from you guys because to me, obviously, I, I know most of these things, but I think it's it's not been said many times um, externally. So so great that we can share it now. Fast forward to today, um, uh, Leo Vegas has grown to be a, a large multi-brand, multi-market um, organization. Um, and I just wanted to to check with you if you could tell us a little bit directly from the source some of the reasoning uh, behind your your key acquisitions and, and expanding the portfolio, um, market entries, Royal Panda, and so on.
1: Sure, yeah, I, I can answer that question a bit here. So, uh, we, so back in 2016-17, we acquired, uh, the first acquisition we made it was an Italian company. At that time, it was named Vinga, had a great position in italy a great team and uh, really sort of good spirit within uh, within well that office and uh, we renamed it leo Viegas italy and um, well extremely successful because today uh, italy is one of the core markets to us and it's growing really fast and i think it's a testimony as well for uh, how how good you can how well you can make it with a great product because Mm -hmm. For you who know the Italian uh, uh, market, it's um, it's kind of hard to do marketing since it's a marketing ban in Italy. So you have to rely on having the best product. And again, that's what we got—a really good product for the for the Italian market. Um, we continue to ac- acquire a company in in the UK uh, called RocketX, also a great team with uh, several brands in uh, in the UK market actually. Um, also rebranded to Leo Vegas UK today and we still run a majority of those brands, uh, but we um, migrated all of them uh, onto our own platform uh, as of last spring. And then we also acquired Royal Panda, which is uh, sort of the second universal brand within the group besides Leo Vegas. So it works on sort of multiple jurisdictions and, and so on. Um, and, and lately then we, um, we acquired Expect. Which is uh, a really, really feel, feels really great to acquire Expect because that's an old Swedish or or Nordic brand with a a great sort of uh, attachment and uh, a brand name. And uh, with Expect, we also widen the strategy uh, into sport. So actually, we have a first sport-first brand. Uh, If you think about it, Leo Vegas is more known to be a casino brand. And uh, the sport product will be the second product uh, on Leo Vegas. But for Expect, that will be the, the opposite. So that's a first, a sports first brand. And of course, that will, a lot of things will happen when we launch the new Expect, as we call it, it will be launched uh, mid end of May at some point. Uh, we are working really hard now with the migration and everything and to build a new experience around um, what we call the new Expect. So all in all, I think uh, acquisitions will be a part of our future, uh, but also to create brands ourselves uh, with our own platform. We can create our own brand and breed our own brands, which w- we also done during the years with, um, for instance, Gogo Casino and um, lightcasino.com. Yeah. So there's a multiple uh, multiple strategy in that sense.
2: And and what would you say is the role of technology in this because you know many companies uh, exercise these um, acquisition strategy and acquire multi-brand and so on but not all of them are able to um, bring it to the core technology and make that really benefit so I think this was important for you right
1: of course that's uh, I, I would say it's a core part of it because we always want to build something even if we acquire a company we would like to do the best out of the mobile at all times so that's talk about expect now we will mobilize expect even more and, and uh, i can't disclose uh everything what's going on but there will be a lot of new features and of course uh, a much greater experience for all um, old and new expect customers mm-hmm. uh, but it will be we bring all bring all the sort of knowledge uh from leo vegas onto uh, expect when it comes to sports betting so that's I think you will see something uh, entirely new in, in um uh, mid-end of May, uh, right before the the the, the football uh, season starts.
2: Okay, cool. And that's exciting. And I think many people are counting um, uh, for the release of innovative features on Sportsbook now. You've got uh, um, a pretty amazing and busy year for your product teams last year. I follow, obviously, out of sentiment, Leo Vegas closely still. Um, so there was a lot of interesting um product development announcements uh, in the past 12 to 18 months um what would you say are the the key ones that complement your portfolio and really reinforce again this greatest gaming experience type of um messaging
1: uh on, when it comes to the product i think there's so many things it's hard to pick one but um um in-game deposit for instance uh and then we launched the leo jackpot which has been a huge success and uh, the blasts uh, lately and uh well, there's so much things going on at the same time. It's it's really hard to pinpoint just one thing. Yeah. But uh, innovation is at, at heart at Leo Vega. So it's um, continues to innovate all the time. And I think that that really came from the start, that we had a great
3: trust in having technology leadership, which enable us to do things that others just couldn't. I just couldn't. And and I think that that playfulness, uh, combining the uh curiosity for technology all through the organization with the curiosity for the craftsmanship of gaming uh into the product development made it extremely extremely fruitful for innovation and uh, having that leading all, all the way i mean looking for when we first started um we had a principle of always first with the latest that means Games should always be first loss. And so we we're building a network with games. Okay. But we also wanted the the most uh, uh, innovative and, and, and uh, features in general. So we, we, we took a step back and said, what, what makes mobile so different and so great? And, and it rests actually on three principles. First of all, in the mobile world, everything needs to be fast, intuitive, and fun and friendly. That was sort of the starting point how, how to do things. So, therefore, we wanted to, we can take small, a, 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 per, a string of pearls of innovations. Like, for example, when it comes to speed, of course, we optimized speed and we had, had the best sort of uh, technology for it itself. But then on top of that, we added features like a uh, game load accelerator. Which means that we predicted what games to load, and it was loaded in the background when we were already mm-hmm. seen. So, so, we not only took the technology, but we wanted that to feel even, even faster. And same thing with uh, making everything intuitive, spending so much time uh, on the UX, UI, with, with that sort of every little nitty gritty touch and feel, and, and incorporate that because iPhones don't come with a manual. Nor does Leo Vegas. So we needed that to be so intuitive uh, and, and slick. And also, I think in this process, one could feel the sort of fun and friendliness of, of, of things we, we do. And uh, we didn't have to be uh, loud or braggy. We, we, just, we were just sort of nice to hang out with and <laughs> nice to create. And I think uh, that, that comes from a philosophy that uh, if you're strong, you can also be kind. You need to be kind, <laughs> and I, th- I think that's uh, that that you could feel in the the uh, the product in, uh, in itself. That, yes. So I think that that's really uh, what it comes to. I mean, having a technology leadership that actually creates a culture of innovation and joy. Definitely, I
2: think a, a notable release that um, we discussed even in a clubhouse session last week, and I would like to congratulate you on was the um, release of the first uh, gaming app in the Android store. I think that's uh sort of underlines the um first with the latest and, and it's a really impactful um release so congrats on that um nice. now the the news uh also you you're full of news in the last weeks so, uh I'm i know honest. that leo Ve- yeah leo vegas shares are, are now trading on the u.s um stock exchange um so i wanted to use this opportunity to talk a little bit about the ipo the ringing the bell the road to it and how did it feel i mean Maybe even you can tell me what was the moment where you decided you're going to take the company public um, and sort of the events that followed all the moments to the to the actual bell ringing?
1: Well, at what time did we do that? Maybe a year or maybe a little bit uh, even further than that. But 2014-15 at some point we we started to think about it at least. Uh, and we always thought that Leo Vegas should have a great fit being a public company, being transparent and uh, and so on and also building a foundation to grow from and um, get, the, get, get, get the name out there more or less all that kind of yeah. stuff but I mean originally we didn't
3: think we didn't start a company to do an IPO but we wanted to build a company super solid we wanted to be professional super professional yeah. in all we do so when it's time to ring the bell we stand there ready and i think that's more the principle on a philosophy how to build 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 a company in itself and i must say that standing there ringing that bell is just awesome i can <laughs> truly recommend that to any entrepreneur out there i mean it, it's cuz in 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 uh, in business life you don't have all that many ceremonies because you when you're standing there that's something actually a moment that you share with everyone. It's like winning the world cup yeah I mean, I mean yeah compared to if you sell a company i mean it's it, it's great you get the check but people aren't really happy for you uh, while ringing that bell, that's the opposite. It's it's actually coming through all our hard efforts, all the all the things that we've been doing t- t- mm. together, when we share that moment. And I think it's super, super strong. And that's one of the few rituals there are in, in business life. And ringing that bell and knowing that this is the platform for growth uh, and being able to be transparent to, to the world and say, this is who we are. And this is where we're going to drive the company. This is what we believe in. And if you want to join our movement, you now have the opportunity to do so. Uh, and, and that's the, the philosophy is. between the, the for, yes. for an IPO. And on that note, actually, talking about, about um, the company, I think what we were really successful in was building a, a culture where Leo Vega's mobile gaming group was more of a movement than a company in itself. You were there. You were part of something great you were leading the way which which means that everyone working with a company could be the very best in their field and learning from the very best in in uh, associated fields and things that you're you're curious about and and do and as we were doing things for the very first time because that's a great thing with innovation no one can come saying oh this is how we do things so you shouldn't <laughs> it's just we, we were able to to grow and do the uh, amazing things and that made people grow and that's looking at that I think um, through the journey uh, for me personally uh, the strongest moments uh, uh, not to diminish the IPO in itself is really when people come up to you and say "Sort of, Robin you changed my life you really made me you were able to take me to do things <coughs> that I wouldn't have done elsewhere experience things that, that I never thought was possible and sharing these those moments together I mean, that's, mm. I mean, that, that's the great um, reward and, and gift for, 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 for starting, it. sharing those moments with great people and being able to grow together. And I think that's what, what I would like to send forward to uh, future entrepreneurs, et cetera. That's the thing that you should have close to your heart, seeing people grow and doing <laughs> amazing things together.
2: But you were uh, always really strong on that. I have to say this was um, something I loved about working for the company. And I specifically remember from the award ceremonies, from the very first one that I attended, probably six months after I joined. So I literally could claim almost zero credit uh, Mm. for that award. But, you know, I arrived at the ceremony and I I, I was pushed in the middle of the stage to the main picture. (laughs) Um, And I think you did it with a lot of employees. Yes, And everybody was like, wow, that was a statement, um, you know, from you guys. And you've done it a lot with a lot of different employees uh, shared the spotlight uh, shed the spotlight on others so um yeah that's that's something that, that really shows the the leadership uh, style I, I enjoyed working with you um now i wanted to ask you a little bit about the current year and the situation that we're in obviously unfortunate uh, um events of COVID pandemic and the impact on on different organizations um uh you know you are known for for your summits and for for the Big events and uh, starting from you know skiing trips in, in the Alps uh, uh, for the small company to taking over a big, a big town in the mountains for uh, you know 800 people. Tell us a little bit about those events because I'm not sure uh, whether that's known sort of in the industry um, uh, of, of how much heart was put into this and uh, what kind of events you organized. and then you know, how did the pandemic impact on ability to provide employees with, with that kind of experience?
3: Well, if I start with the first uh, first part on it, how was it created? Because in Leo Vegas we wanted a culture where we are actually curious on each other, we learn from each other, we grow, and we win together. We call
1: it Team Leo, uh, and that's that's uh, core. Trust. So it's important for us that everyone f- should feel at home, uh, feeling that that this is like a family more or less.
3: And then we started a company in itself, growing the the tech team uh, based on uh, Stockholm and then Sweden in general. Uh, being able to uh, have the sort of very, the very most talent, most talented and most passionate uh, developers, sort of one could find in an atmosphere here in Stockholm, which is really strong tech hub, combined with with uh, I mean it's, it's an amazing environment to to work within. Combined with Malta, uh, which is an operational hub. I mean, I, I, after living four years in Malta, I must say that uh, I'm so grateful for everything that. Uh, the, the country has been giving, how, how welcoming the people have been, the entrepreneurial cluster there with sort of people that really want to grow and build things. I mean, it's a fantastic atmosphere. Uh, and I think Leo Vegas managed to combine those two worlds with a technology leadership and, a, and an understanding of the craftsmanship for gaming and all the operations ideas around that. And we wanted that to not only be uh, understood, but felt. Mm. Coming together and that feeling of coming together, uh, all of us feeling like one Leo uh, and uh, winning together was was so strong. Uh, so that was actually the the funding part. I mean, the first time we we did the summit, we were all twenty five of us on tip top one, in Malta. <laughs> all <laughs> yeah. twenty five of us, uh, and we we were joking about uh, that uh, maybe next year we couldn't we wouldn't fit into this boat. Uh, we've been been. Uh, Right on many things, but on that one, that one we were dead wrong. <laughs>
1: yeah, really, really wrong. Yeah. but I was growing really fast. Yeah,
3: and also you mentioned ski trip, as Carolina. I mean, when 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 we reached hundred employees, uh, me and Gustav had this dream of taking so sort our of hundred first employees and and by then really good friends to the Alps. So uh, we actually. Uh, Fi- find us that ourselves instead of doing this company event, we we invited us 100 people uh, up to the Alps, uh, Kiss Bill Kempinski, and having sort of this fantastic uh, moment for us. I would say, I mean, it, maybe it was important for the company growth and stuff, but for us, being able to stand in there, I mean, that's something you sharing. About, share, but to a, everyone the France idea France. of was... being able to invite 100 friends to the Alps uh, and yeah. just sort of Living through this moments together. I think that's 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 super super strong and rewarding really for good. us as, as entrepreneurs and uh, I hope uh, The others had fun too. <laughs> well, I,
2: I was employee number 101 because I remembered it's uh, this precisely and I remember coming for my third interview into uh, Leo Vega's office and right before the interview Gustav was passing by and he just said Karina you've got skis you should pack your bag and I'm like that sort of gives it away. I probably
1: got the job. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but uh, I remember, you yeah. know, being offered the trip before I even started. So and it was an amazing trip, really, really uh, memorable. Um, that's <clears>
1: that's what made you choose uh, Leo Vagel. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, perhaps. Uh, so so, what did you do now? You know, the the, the situation now. Um, you've got offices uh, split up, uh, across many countries. Um, you know, UK, a couple of different cities in Sweden, Sweden yeah. Italy. Um, how were how the teams able to, to still come in the spirit of Leo and celebrate together? Uh, did you put any summit in place or, or how did it work?
3: Maybe we should say that up until uh, this year, the pandemic, we all gathered in Malta, the full company, the yeah. full mm-hmm. company, all, 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 all of us for the uh, summer summits and sharing sort of what the future will hold uh, in itself and being sort of
1: being ready for the next uh, level of accomplishments. Exactly. So, but but this year we had to do it uh, digital. So we had a, a Kings and Queens. That's what we call it, a digital summit. Uh, actually, went out really really well, and uh, people and seems to enjoyed it. Uh, people were getting sort of a box with uh, small, well, a little bit of candy and some champagne, and, etc. In it, and uh, we managed to sort of get the feeling of um, Team Leo across the company, and yeah, even if it was digital, I think so. It, it, it turned out quite well.
2: Mm, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm sure that eventually we'll get back to normality and you'll resume your normal practice because for me that these were very memorable events and one of the events I even went with my five-year-old baby uh, just to be part of it because I, I didn't want to miss out. Right. So um, yeah, uh, um, now we're talking about pandemics, so let me touch a little bit on a more serious subject as well uh, that is relevant to it, which is regulation. Um, you know, Gustav, I know mm. that you are also quite vocal um, in this space on where do you think regulation is 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 going the impact on channelization and ca- can you share some of those views with us and especially in the context of pandemic restrictions
1: sure yeah so we always set out sort of to be in countries that that are either already regulated or soon to be regulated uh, and with soon to be regulated countries we meant like sweden actually who we we start off in 2012 and then it became regulated in 2019 um, but yeah, so when it comes to the restrictions during the pandemic, it looks a little bit different in different countries. Um, of course, to some extent, you could say that overall, uh, what's happening in society is that there's a huge shift from offline going online, uh, generally speaking. We can see that in some of our countries, uh, like uh, Italy, Spain, etc., where there's not, uh, not any new restrictions online, so to speak. Um, and, and that was the, where it has been a, a huge offline sector. And those people are now playing online to a large extent. And, of course, I think some of them will go back. But once you have started to play online and, and see all the sort of um, how, how good and, and well you, you could uh, uh, play online, then you will probably stay there uh, as well. But And then you have other countries like uh, here in Sweden where uh, you have temporary restrictions and and. Uh, of course, that puts some pressure on the industry, etc. And uh, to some extent, it also creates uh, something that we call like a little bit of a black market, meaning mm. that you have casinos uh, or, or uh, people running, operators running in, in Sweden without a license and stuff like that. And here's where I think the authorities might have uh, been a little bit uh, behind in, in sort of restriction, restrict, restrict that part of the, the industry and, uh, mm-hmm. uh, well, taking measures against uh, unlicensed operators. Um, and I think that's core. Otherwise, how, how should you sort of maintain um, a legalized or, or licensed system if you can sort of prohibit the ones who, who aren't licensed? Mm-hmm. So, to some extent, well, I, th- I think it will, as long as it's, it will work out eventually, but it takes time, and uh, hopefully they will do more about it.
2: Uh, yeah. So this was this was something that has been discussed as well with the UK market, and and Ulrich was referring to the report where they showed how many millions of visits on sort of um, black market sites there are every year. Exactly. Um, and it's the same happening in Germany right now. So it's a really interesting subject uh, um, to see how it how it um, develops. Um, Taking back to the more fun uh, uh, subjects <laughs> again, um, I wanted to, to talk to you a little bit about ventures, because I, I think um, maybe not everyone realizes uh, what ventures is. Um, to me, it's just another statement of sort of innovation deeply enrooted into the DNA of the group. But um, can you tell us a little bit about what is ventures? Why has it been established? What, what has it been up to in the last years, and why?
3: Now we, we established Leo Ventures for it's a very simple principle we believe in the power of entrepreneurship i mean entrepreneurship is the x factor in business life i mean that, that that's uh, that's the fundament of the wow um uh, and i mean as a group leo vegas really wants to be, always uh wants to hold the position as as most innovative uh most entrepreneurial but also most forward-leaning with new technologies and no new behavioral trends so through the Leo Venture setting, we have the chance to uh, invest in and grow uh, great new companies uh, that can keep their entrepreneurial uh, sort of independence while being back with the full power of capital and knowledge from the full Leo Vegas Mobile Gaming Group. And you've um, got the... Did-
2: Go ahead, I, but I remember pre- previously, you know, co- co- to name a couple of you've uh, supported and invested in authentic gaming that has developed greatly through, through this partnership, um, casino grounds, um, uh, name a couple of other ones that people might not be aware of.
3: I think it's interesting that you mentioned those, uh, those two and also uh, Pixelbet uh, fits Pixel. in, in, into the same uh, mm-hmm. framework where we saw a trend that uh, mobile really became the primary entertainment device people still love video and for a while for, so we mm-hmm. wanted to catch that trend when, when uh, video and the social elements of that video actually went mobile and I mean that's very clear with live casino I mean, of course it's it's uh, very ob- obvious with the potential of the esports community and also uh, casino, casino grounds and I think we will see, personally, uh, a lot more in this field where uh, video is, is such mm-hmm. a strong, strong driver entertainment, but where you add technology and interactive layers for interaction uh, going forward. So that, that's an example of seeing a trend and acting on it so where it's very close to our what we do as a core, but strategically important to be uh, spearheading. Yeah, uh, and I What's
2: know... I would like to use this opportunity because it would be silly of me not to. But I'm extremely proud that um, ventures have decided to back my own startup journey. <laughs> <Yay>! um, <laughs> yeah. So, so maybe not
1: yes.
2: shirt play. Uh, yes, uh, with, it's been in the news, and I'm I'm very uh, grateful for the support, and I have great hopes. Uh, having seen firsthand how. You know how you help uh, to grow companies like authentic or, or casino grounds but n- not to focus too much on it um i would like to understand in more objective um elements of what what makes it a part of the trends what what are the different elements that you look at when you invest in new businesses so, so that it's an advice for other founders uh, as well who i aspire to pitch their their ideas and their startups
1: well A little bit what what Robin said here, what what we look at, uh, trends, of course, innovation and uh, maybe innovation that we can't do ourselves. We do a lot internally, but might be more focused on actually the brands that we already got and the markets that we already are in. But here we can see something different, something new. We understand that this might be the future or or, or this technology we could utilize within the group later on, etc and that's a basic foundation to why we do those kind of investments and then those kind of investments could sort of come to us either internally that we see something or understand something or see a trend or it could be actually from well a good example is the casino ground guys who actually comes with a lot of sort of ideas to us and try to sort of Convince me sometimes that I should buy shares or buy parts of this company or mm. that company or whatever it might be, and if it fits, right? Maybe we we consider it. And and uh, but this time, Caroline, I'm really really happy to have you back, so, so to speak. And I can see your orange orange heart is still, <laughs> is still, is still there, right?
0: There uh, is. For Leo Vegas mm-hmm. And yeah. the group.
1: So uh, again, very much welcome you. You you got a huge uh group-wide welcome uh, last monday but uh here got one from the two founders as well
2: (laughs) thank you and i think it's important in the relationships with investor where you know it is a professional relationship aside but it creates a great level of trust and and it's just so much more fun to be on this journey where where the people that you have backing you trust them and you know them. It's much easier, I think. Um, so, Robin, I wanted to to ask you as well because I know you've uh, you've moved on from an active uh, sort of role within the group, um, whereas I don't believe that you'll ever move on completely, uh, being so attached. Um, But uh, tell us what you're up to these days, I know that you're also active on the Stockholm investment uh, scene, tech scene, Um, I'd be interested for you to to give us a sneak peek of, of your days these days.
3: No, absolutely. absolutely. No, that, that, that is correct. Apart from being a founder and a key shareholder, I do not hold any active roles within the group now. But I'm really, really keen to see uh, this lovely group's continued success. So <laughs> all behind that, and you're absolutely right. Uh, that's something I will never, ever uh, let go of. Uh, and anyway, l- looking at also uh, saying that what we really built here uh, makes me immensely proud for not only, I mean, the company success in itself, but the chance to have <coughs> met so many amazing people in a phase where people really, really, really grow, learn, and uh, to somewhat more live their potential. Mm. And I think living your potential is, is the, one of the things that has most fascinated my, me and has been my, my, one of my strongest uh, drives. And uh, right now, I would say, if, if the, uh, m- mobile phone, uh, the mobile phone, uh, the mobile era was the great sort of revolution of the last decade, I think the next revolution we will see is really centered about humans. Humans, the power of uh, of really seeing the chance to live your own potential when it comes to... And we see so many things going in the wrong direction. I mean, looking at... Uh, Uh, physical activity, mental health, sleep disorders. I mean, there's Mm. just so many trends that are really drawing people away for living their their potential, which is Mm. the thing that I'm extremely extremely passionate about. So that has been a focus also on uh, on the investment side and and, uh, tech ventures. Um, I can mention one of them, for example, uh, together with uh, Max Sundin, Sudan, the hockey player, uh, <laughs> I mean, amazing, amazing guy, a true captain. Uh, uh, yeah, yes. uh, and together with him and the Olympic uh, Committee, we, d- we developed uh, methodology and, and uh, plans to actually change, drive behavioral change and actually empowering companies with the, the uh, uh, strength of physical activity in order to build sustainable employees and having people to really mm. live their potential. Uh, so that that's one thing i can can uh, uh mention and also that i'm really really passionate passionate about mm,
2: that sounds really
3: interesting oh, and I, um... no, but it, it, is, it is and also the the uh one must remember that what i love seeing people and companies grow i mean more than anything i would say i'm a business creator and creator that means being really close to people that creates either uh, if you're the entrepreneur or you're in a setting with people that really build amazing things and being good to each other and I think uh, the missing component in this uh, that has been so shown by tech is that to highlight the human potential Mm. and I think every every venture that is looking into breaking the barriers of human potential Mm. is something that totally fascinates me so uh, more (laughs) of that to come.
2: Well, talking about the future, talking about yeah. the future, the trends, and um, I wanted to ask you about, you know, in brief, what what is there uh, for Leo Vegas in the future? We have a market rife with M and A's. The U.S. is hungry um, for innovative and uh, you know well performing companies, and the market itself is uh, ready for new entries. Um, you know, I don't know if you uh, you can reveal any of the plans or ambitions But I think it will be super interesting to many people to hear what's next for your Vegas. What does the future hold?
1: Well, we, we will of course continue uh, innovate in in uh, well basically in, in uh, everything we do uh, both with the uh, current brands in current markets sort of dig where you stand uh, Better product uh, and better customer experience etc. But also exploring new markets Um and no I can't, I can't i can't share any new markets with you like that but uh for sure we're looking we're looking uh, closely to to a lot of new markets uh, and uh so,
2: yeah all right but
1: continue to build the brand leo vegas
2: that's, uh, yeah, I think everybody is curious for those news. It's, it's, it's a very interesting uh, time for all gaming companies and with the boom in the U.S. Um, now to wrap up, I think, um, you know, we are going over a little bit of time. This was an amazingly interesting conversation and a, and a really fun uh, uh, way to chat to you. If I can ask you the last question, you know, you guys knew each other from high school, co-founded this company together. Um, and I like to always plug in some kind of advice for, for new founders because I, I find myself in this group myself these days and I like to champion this um, you know, practice of pay it forward, share some expertise. If you were going to give um, your top advice, uh, one advice each to, to a new founder, what, what would it be?
1: Well, um, first of all, you need to meet with someone that you can trust and maybe someone that you had worked with before or that you understand to some extent. And then all of course the normal words when you ask people who who should I find as a partner or a companion or whatever, someone who compliments you, etc. Mm-hmm. So I mean that fundamental has to be that, but then also the enjoyable and the fun. You need to have fun together because it's gonna be long days, long hours, long weeks, and it's gonna be a lot of sort of you have to you have to have the same kind of vision for where you're going. Um, otherwise it's gonna be really hard to pull it together uh, and do it together.
3: And I think, as Gustav said, I mean, when it comes to co-founding partners, the first thing is really about trust, but also an enjoyment and asking yourself, when you stand there and ring that bell, who would you like to have on your right-hand side? <laughs> All right. So... you <laughs> <laughs> <That's laughs> and, and also, when it comes to advice to uh, future entrepreneurs, I mean, It's a passion for growing things and being good to others. And and at the end of the day, it comes down to not really what you do, but who you're doing it with that -hmm. makes it memorable.
2: Right. Well, definitely my journey with you guys was very memorable uh, and I'm uh, excited for the next chapter, even though it's in a different context and and capacity of an investor. Uh, Thank you very much for this time today. Uh, I think we covered a lot of interesting subjects. Uh, I love to catch up with both of you separately to go deeper in some of the matters at some point. Um, But yes, thank you for your time and uh, look forward to to seeing you again Hmm. when the pandemic is over.
1: Thank you so much, Carolina. Thank you so much, uh, Carolina. Awesome awesome to be here to be part of your pod. So thanks a lot. Thank you. See you soon, okay? Take care. Take care.